If you have your Bible, would you please open your Bible to the book of Acts? Join me in chapter 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I have a witness already. Amen. Um, Acts chapter 2. If you find it, say praise the Lord. If you find it, please stand on your feet so we can... Let's read the word I've got together. It's going to be projected on the screen. I would like to hear your voice reading along with me. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Let's read the word of God. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. They saw that seemed all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those, these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the other parts of Libya, Nisirene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converted to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of our God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have too much wine. The word of God for the people of God. Would you bow and join me in prayer? Father, we come to this preaching experience. Do I prepared? but I need your power. Though I've studied, but I need your strength. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me, mold me so that the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart will be acceptable unto your sight. O Lord, my rock, my savior, my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For the time that is ours, I want to preach from this subject, Pentecost, a promise kept. Pentecost, a promise kept. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of, of these yet to be United States of America, was well known for total abstinence from alcohol. According to one well-known story, he was once offered a drink by a colonel in the military. Lincoln responded by telling the men that when his mother was at her deathbed, she summoned him as a nine-year-old boy and asked for his promise that he would never drink. He then said, I promised my mother that I, would, I, I never would, and up to this hour, I have kept this promise. Would you advise me to break that promise? The colonel replied, no, Mr. Lincoln, I wouldn't have do it for the world. It was one of the best promises you ever made. I would give a thousand, I would give thousands of dollars today if I had made my mother a promise like that. 
and I kept it as you have done. Now that's a story about a mere mortal, Lincoln. But can I tell you that we serve a God that if he makes a promise, he's going to keep it. We serve a God-keeping promise, a God who keeps his promise, a God when he said yes, it's a yes, and when he said no, it's a no. I don't know about you, but we know people in our lives, when they make a promise, they soon to break it. Uh, I can bring my children to this. My children, they trying to make me, I said this before, they trying to make me to say, I promise. My daughter in particular, whom I love, my daughter, I love my, that's my princess. She, when she wants to get something out of me, she goes, Daddy, you promise. And, and if I say, yes, I promise, then I have to keep it. If I said, well, let me think about it, they, they know what that means. But they want to get me in this bind to where I say I promise. And, and, and if you say you promise, and you know, the worst thing you can do to promise something to a child, and you don't keep it. But, but see, I try my very best when they say, do you promise to say I promise? But can I tell you, like I said before, our God keeps his promise. And the text that we come, that's before us, and, and we talk about Pentecost. And, and, and see, Jesus said, to the disciples, hey, chill out, y'all. I'm going to send you one who is just like me. I'm going to send you a disciple. So Pentecost is the day that today is the day in the church. When you think about the, 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 the story, Pentecost is literally 50 days after the Passover. So 50 days from that time, it's up there. The, the Feast of Pentecost took place 50 days after the Feast of First Fruit. So, so, the, so the word Pentecost literally means the 50th, right? So this is described in Leviticus 23, 15 to 21. Just as a Passover is a picture of the death of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, and you can you see the reference on the screen, and first fruits, a picture of the resurrection of Christ, so Pentecost is a picture of the coming of the Holy Spirit. So Pentecost is a picture of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't know what that means, is this. Once Jesus was there with them, the Holy Spirit could not be a function. Until Jesus go and release the Holy Spirit, then it's a function. Now, now there's a saying out here, there's a saying now people said, well, you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? You're Baptist, right? Let me tell you something. Once you got saved, the Spirit of God sealed inside of you. You don't need somebody to hit your head with the Bible. You don't need to speak in a foreign tongue. And I'm not taking a cheap shot at people who speak in tongue. This is not it. This is not that. When you got saved, the Spirit of God sealed inside of you. See, what we think it's Pentecost, we think it's speaking in tongue. Speaking in tongue happened for the amazement, but that's not what Pentecost is about. See, in, in Pentecost, uh, uh, um, doing that, the, 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 the loaves of bread with leaven were presented that day. And, and the loaves of bread that presented during the Pentecost, it's a picture of a church composed of Jews and Gentiles. And, and just so you know, for, 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 those, for those who are listening to black Israelites, just so you know, you are not a Jew. You're not a Jew. You're not a black Israelite. You are Gentile. And, and, and that's good news. 
And that's good news because the Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus came to his own. His own received him not. To all that receive him, he gave him the power to become children of God. And that's you and I. I'm proud to be Haitian because the Jews rejected Jesus. They receive him not. And then the floodgates were open. To all who receive him. Well, you were sitting here, you were watching me. If you receive Jesus Christ, guess what? You now one of those. And, and when they say Gentiles, Gentiles is, are those who are not Jews. And, and so the, the pictures of, of those, so, so, so the leavened bread, it, it speaks of, a, 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 of sin yet in the church. In other words, as long as we are here on this earth, there's some issues that we're going to have to work out. Well, listen, um, I'm keeping with my, my time. When the Bible speaks of uh, uh, um, spirits, baptism, there are two times it's mentioned in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10. And those two reference were a foreshadow of Pentecost. Okay? The baptism spirit, that's a foreshadow of Pentecost. So now, there are three things that I want you to get from this text, and, 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 I'll, and, and I'll, I'll take my seat so we can have connecting the dots. All right? Watch this. Number one, it matters who makes the promise. In other words, let's look at the author of the promise. Flip back to Luke 24, 49. Jesus said, I already alluded to this in the, in the introduction. Jesus said this, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Did you all get this? Jesus is speaking. This is Jesus in his resurrected body. He said, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until... Amen, amen, amen. I like this. I I got a witness. Until... You have been clothed with power from on high. And see, if you look at it, the disciples stayed. See, the problem here, if you want to be, if you want to find an application right here, what do you do in the gap between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise? What do you do? Can, can I preach right here? You wait. And wait is not a passive thing. Y'all think waiting means you just sit down and do nothing. That's not waiting. What were they doing? They were praying and they were together. That's why it's important that whenever God made you a promise, if you know God made a promise over your life, if you know promise is coming for you, then what you do while you are waiting, you are praying, you are reading your word, and you stay united, staying together. That's what they did. See, see, there's this... uh, um, uh, 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 this thing that was published in, uh, um, in Intervarsity Press, it says this, it, 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 it talks about the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. It says this, it isn't easy to wait. It demands persistence when common sense, when common sense says give up. It says believe when there's no present evidence to back it up. Mind you that Jesus said that's 50 days from the time Jesus made that promise that it takes place. The, the, the Pentecost take place 50 days after Jesus said that. So then in that 50 days, 
None of the disciples says, let's go make the church house. Let's go, let's go start the church by ourselves. They didn't say that. They wait. It's a lesson for you and I. They wait. And learning to wait can be a blessing for you. Mm. If I had time, I would tell you this. Some of this boo that comes to you, wait. Wait. Ooh, if I had time, I would tell you this. That's why even when they put an engagement ring on it, you still wait. Because those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If I had time, I'll tell you this. When you wait, it's not a passive thing, but it's simply that you wait in prayer. You wait in knowing that God can and will change the circumstance, and God will fulfill his promise. And that's not, ju- that's not just that. When you wait, it forges your character. Because there's something you look up to, you're waiting for, but it's not there yet. That's why they talk about delay grat- uh, uh, gratification. But, but see, I got to move on to my next thing. Not only you see the author of the promise, in other words, it matters who makes the promise to you. See, President Biden can say the gas is going to go low, but that doesn't mean anything. Trump can say he's coming back to bring the gas down. That's not going to bring anything. Because those are men. They lied. But see, when Jesus says something, whoo, when Jesus said yes, nobody can say no. When Jesus says something, it will happen. So, so then, not only this, when you look at the Pentecost, the, 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 the author of the promise, but see now, look at the fulfillment of the promise. So the fulfillment of the promise. In other words, what is the content of the promise that's made? See, if you look at verses 2 to 4, it says this. And verse 2 to 4, in the text, it says this. Um, Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and begun to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Watch this. They did not force themselves to speak in tongues. The Spirit is who enables them to speak in tongues. And here, when they were speaking in tongues, they understood each other. You want to feel my grimace? You want to feel the grimace? No, 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 no. They spoke in language that when they speak, even though somebody from Haiti, they were speaking Creole, the person who speaks English understands what they were saying. The person who speaks English speaks Creole, the person who speaks Creole understands what they were saying. See, the Spirit of God, even in, when, it, when it's moved, it's not moved for disorder. It's moved for orderly conduct. See, see now, what, what you can see is this, simply this. The Spirit came. The Holy Spirit had been active prior to Pentecost and had worked in creation and Old Testament history and, and, and in, the in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. However, now there will be two changes. The Spirit, watch this, the Spirit will dwell in people and not just come on them. You missed it. The Spirit dwelled, in other words, reside in people, not just come up on them. On Pentecost, it came on them, but to stay in them. You're going to get that on your way home. So the Spirit and, and, and His presence will be permanent, not temporary. 
The spirit could not have come sooner, for it was essential that Jesus die, be raised from the dead, and return to heaven before the spirit, before the spirit could be given. Remember, the Jewish calendar in Leviticus 23, Passover, first fruit, then Pentecost. There are three things that comes, that, that comes with the coming of the Spirit. The sound of a rushing wind, tongues of fires, and the believers praising God in various languages. Watch this. They were praising God in various languages. They were not preaching in various languages. I can't be preaching up here and say, that's not preaching. Preaching ought to be utterance that, that's, that's understandable. They were praising God. Now, listen, listen, listen. listen. I am Baptocosto. If you, and you're, if you're at home, you're speaking in tongues, praise the Lord. Good for you. I don't, do, I, I, I don't have that gift. But if you got it, praise the Lord. I'm not mad at you. I'm not against it. But if you come here, you're in church, you say, blah, 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 blah. The Bible says, if somebody doesn't translate it, sit down. If you come and speak in tongue, pray that somebody translate what you said to be edifying to all of us. But if, you, you know, but if it's not that, it's out of order in a public assembly. But and you're, if you're praising God in your own, in your own, you're praising God and you start speaking in tongue, praise the Lord. I'm not there to judge that. I can only speak on what the Bible says. If you, if you don't trust me, look at 1 Corinthians uh, um, 14, and you, you see what I'm talking about. So the Spirit came. You see, the Spirit didn't just came. It didn't just come, rather. Right? It didn't just come. Watch what, in verse 4, they were filled with the Spirit. So when the Spirit came in Pentecost, it filled them. Remember what I said? It's not temporary, but rather permanent. So for someone to say, I need another Pentecost, it's for someone to say just as much, I need Jesus to be down to die on the cross again. Those are one-time event. Pentecost was forecast in the Bible Pentecost uh, 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 was prophesied in the Bible. Pentecost took place in Acts chapter 2. There's no more Pentecost after that. We celebrated the power that came in Pentecost, the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the God who kept his promise and filled us with his spirit so that he filled us with his spirit so we can be empowered. You're going to see this in application very soon. The Holy Spirit has revealed God's truth to us in words. And these words have definite meanings that must not be changed. Regeneration must not be confused with justification, nor appropriation with adaptation. Each of these words is important in God's plans of salvation and must be defined accurately and used carefully. Watch this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit means that I belong to his body. The fullness of the Spirit means that my body belongs to Him. The baptism, this baptism is final. The fullness is repeated as we trust God for new power to witness. The baptism involves 
all other believers, for it makes us one in the body of Christ. Check Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 6. While the fullness is personal and individual, these are two distinct experiences, and they must not be confused. You all want me to repeat that again? The baptism of the Spirit means this. I belong to his body. The fullness of the Spirit means that my body belongs to him. The baptism of the Spirit is final. The fullness is repeated as we trust God for new power to witness. The baptism involves all other believers, for it makes us one, for it makes us one in the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. While the fullness is personal and individual, these are two distinct experiences and they must not be confused. In other words, you can't say, I need to be baptized by the Spirit over and over and over again. Because once you got saved, the Spirit sealed. The Spirit is what sealed your salvation. So, so it's, literally, it's literally bad theology to say that I need to keep being resealed, 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 resealed again. Doesn't make sense. Now, can you ask for more of the Holy Spirit power to, 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 to if you're going to go to the mission field, if you're going to, you can ask more of, more of the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You can ask for more of that based on where you are to what, what's needed. But you cannot say, I need to be baptized by the Spirit over and over again. That's why when you're a Christian, when you get baptized, baptizo, you are dipped, right? So we don't baptize people every time they sin. We don't do that. You get baptized once. But every time you sin, you repent. Because you sat in the Holy Spirit. When you repent, what you ask is to Spirit, come back and give me the strength that I need so I don't do the same sin over again. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So, so then, not only we see the author uh, of, of, of the promise, we see the, 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 the content, the, perp, the content of, of, the, of, of, the, of the promise, okay, all right? So then we see the fulfillment of the promise, which is the content of it. And then now, lastly, we see our response to the promise. Our response to the promise matters. The way you respond to the promise Watch this, and I'm not going to have time to kind of go over all of this. And, and, and verse 5 through 10, it gives you all the different geographical location that, that, that covers, you know, that, that was there, all, all the known world at that time. See, it says this, men from every nation or, or, or every country from heaven, people from all over the, world, the, known, the known world were in Jerusalem. Most of them probably knew Greek. But they all spoke the various languages of the Mediterranean world. See, when they said tongue, tongues, and other languages, it simply means the same word for dialect. That's the same root word for the Greek for dialect. It wasn't like they were speaking some kind of makeup utterances. They were speaking language that was known at that time. So everyone heard them speak in his own language. The visitors up to Jerusalem probably expected the apostle to use Aramaic or Greek. But instead, they knew this was most unlikely unless the speakers had come from their land. 
This was a sign from heaven. This was the sign that tells you it was a supernatural event. And watch this. What, what they say in the text? The wonderful works of God. It appears that the speaking in tongues did not consist of proclaiming the gospel. I said this already. But rather, they were praising God for his mighty works. So now, our response, it matters. There are two groups of people. And, and I want you guys to, uh, to get those two groups of people that, that speaks in the text. If you look at verse 11 and 12, and you'll see this. Verse 11, 12, and 13, you'll see this. Um, especially 12 and 13. A contrast is made between two groups of people. The Hellenist and the Hebraist. But, and Acts 6, 1 is a reference for this. Both groups heard the apostles speaking in tongues. Verse 12 speaks of the reaction of the Hellenists, who were from various parts of the world. They understood the dialects in which the apostles spoke and consequently viewed it, viewed the event as miraculous. On the other hand, those mentioned in verse 13 were Judeans and did not understand the foreign languages the apostles were speaking. They concluded that they were drunk and speaking gibberish. See, when they did not understand, they respond in two different ways. A group saw it as God's as a miracle. Another group said they are drunk. See, that's why it is important that when you don't know certain things of God, you open the scripture to weigh it before you give your opinion. Because if God is moving, then you have to look at the scripture to see if the movement is in line with the scripture. If it's not in line, then you say that's out of order. But if it's in line with the scripture, you just have to say praise the Lord. Is that clear enough? So your response matters. When you see somebody is sick and they pray for that person and then they got better and, and the cancer is no longer, you said, praise the Lord because God has done something miraculous. I'm supposed to say, you know, I see it. Y'all get what I'm saying? So, 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 then, so then, now you said, Pastor Perry, you know, that's, that's good, 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 good sermon. You, you, you actually respected the time. You know, good little sermon. So how do I apply this? Well, here, here's the thing. Number one, know this. Jesus, if he makes a promise, he's going to keep his promise. He's a promise keeper. In other words, the promise over your lives, he can keep it. The promise, that, that the promise God made you, if, it, if it's in the scripture, God will keep it. Then here's the thing you said, but Pastor Perry, why Pentecost matters? Here it is in a nutshell. Pentecost matters because you know why? It filled us, filled the disciples with powers to witnessing. You need power from the Holy Spirit so you can witness. You guys know in Acts chapter 2, that's when the, Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit came. You know what happened a few verses down? Peter stopped preaching. You know, that same day Peter preached, 3,000 people got saved. Y'all missed it. If you need power to do God's work, if, if, you need to, if you need to do God's work, you need power from the Holy Spirit. 
You cannot do God's work aside from the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God empowers us to witness. We are not going to, this is what Dr. Wisby said, we are not going to move this world by criticism of it, nor conformity to it. In other words, you're not going to criticize, oh, get the fuck up over there, get the fuck up over there. No, no, that, that's not going to work. Oh, you become one of them. Not going to work. It says this, but by the combustion within, uh, within it of lives ignited by the Spirit of God. You need to change the world. You need to change Pompano. You need to change Deerfield. Change Boca. Change Delray. Change Boynton Beach. Change North Adderdale. Wherever you're from in the Brown County or, 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 or Dead or Palm Beach County. You need, the, you need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God. This is what we need to change it. The, 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 see, see, the, the thing is this. What the church needs today, we need what, what we tend to lack. We lack the power that the, old, the earlier church uh, um, had. But the reason why we don't have that power is because we are not united. We are not in prayer. We are not in the word. If we are united, if we are in prayer, if we are in the word, guess what? No devil in hell can stop us. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, here it is. Um, don't be drunk with wine. And, and you know, they, they, they told him, y'all drunk. No, 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 no. See, some of you, you're not drunk with wine, but you're drunk with too much of the world. Don't be drunk with, with, with the world, but fill with the Spirit. Because when you fill with the Spirit, you can change the world. If anything you can get from Pentecost is that don't be drunk with wine. You know, hey, I'm not telling you, don't, don't drink. I'm not, that's, no, don't be drunk with the world, with the, with the customs of the world, but be drunk with the Spirit of God. And here's the last thing. When you are filled with the Spirit, there's a deep satisfaction and there's a lasting joy. Is there anybody here who said, I need deep satisfaction? The, 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 the boyfriend can give it to you. The girlfriend can give it to you. The drugs can give it to you. The liquor can give it to you. The money can give it to you. The fame can give it to you. You name it, they can't. But the Spirit of God can give you a deep satisfaction. Some of you are walking around unsatisfied. you grumpy. As a matter of fact, you're young, but you're like a grumpy old person. Nothing satisfies you. You know, you know what you need? It's not more things that you need. You need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God to make residence in your heart. So then... The Spirit of God can guide you and dictate you, dictate for you what, what you need to do. do. Do you know that? Do you know that even, even the choice to go to a certain college, the Spirit of God can dictate you? Do you know? Woo, I wish I had time. Do you know that choosing a mate, the Spirit of God can guide you? Some people got married to the wrong people. Ask them how they're going. You need the Spirit of God to guide every move that you make. Sometimes you got invited to something. Before you say, I'm going, ask the Spirit of God, do you want me to be there? Tell me if I need to be there. Not every invitation must be accepted. Not every offer must be accepted. We need to lean on the Spirit of God so we can know 
Are we making the right choice? Are we moving the right way? Because when you do this, you get a lasting joy. You get a lasting joy, joy unspeakable. You get a joy that no one can take it away from you. I think what Shirley says here, we said this, this joy that I have, the world did not give it to me, the world cannot take it away from me. Listen, you can be broke and still be joyful. You can be single and still be joyful. You may not yet graduate from college and be joyful. You may not have yet the job of your dreams and be joyful because you got the Spirit of God. I know people who ain't got the Spirit of God, who got everything they need still committed suicide. Joy unspeakable. Remember this, your baptism of the Spirit, that's sealed. The fulfillment, you can ask God, fill me up. It was a touch of God, fill me up to the overflow. Fill me up. Fill me up. What we need today is not a new Pentecost. What we need is for us to be united. It's supposed to be in prayer. It's for us to wait and ask God to fill us up so that the promise that God made is a promise that he will keep. It's a promise that he will keep. If, God can, if, if Lincoln can keep a promise to his mom, my God can keep his promise. Would you praise God with me for, for keeping his promise? Um, we're going to move to, well, right before we move there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, before we move to, to baptism, um, to communion. <laughs> I'm still in preaching mode. Before we move to communion, I'm going to ask, I'll be remiss, and we still got time. I checked the time. We still got time. Amen. I'll be remiss not to ask, is there somebody who says, Pastor Perry, I am saved. I am saved, but I need to, to I, I, need a, I, need a, I need a new fulfillment of the, I need a new feeling, feeling of the Holy Spirit. Meaning this, for you to get that feeling, you need to take some stuff out. Delete some contact. Erase some stuff. And say, I need, I need to make more room for the Spirit of God to be in my life. If that's you, just pray. I want to pray for you right before we do communion. I see my brother. Is there anybody else? I see my sister. Is there anybody else? I see my brother. I see you. I see you. Is there anybody else? I see you. I, need, I, need, I just, just need more of your spirit. And guess what? You're going to have to make room. You're going to have to make room. I'm going to pray for those of you who raise your hand. Just everybody bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father God, I, I lift your children before you. They've heard your word and they responded back. So Lord, would you fill them up? Fill them up, Lord. Take away the unnecessary things in their lives. That's a hindrance for your feeling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, though they have given their lives to you, they are sealed. They have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. But Lord, they have done things, they may have done things that have sat in the Holy Spirit. Or they may have kept the Spirit at bay in certain aspects of their lives. But they've raised their hands and said, Today, as of today, Lord, the Spirit of God, they give you full control. Fill them up, O oh Lord, so that they can have that deep satisfaction and the lasting joy. We thank you for their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.